Sports Minutes with Elliot Danker and Ziaul Roshan. Money FM 89.3. It is now time for Sports Minutes. Elliot Danker and Ziaul Roshan checking in for a conversation that has been going on and on since the big announcement last week. Yeah, huge announcement, seismic announcement. So we're going to put football aside and focus on Formula One on this episode. Indeed. Uh, so we are talking about Lewis Hamilton joining Ferrari. Uh, we've already seen some social media put out AI images of how the Mercedes will sort of transit from uh, the silver to the red with the number 44. Yeah, it does It does look quite nice and I think that's the power of the social media world we live in, right? We get a bit of a peak before 2025 comes around. Plenty to discuss about Lewis Hamilton's move to Ferrari. For that, of course, we've got our in-house Formula 1 expert, Matthew Marsh, ex-racing driver and Formula 1 analyst. Matthew, good to have you with us. Oh, it's great to be with you guys. Thank you. Uh, Matthew, thanks a lot. Let's let's get stuck into to this issue. Um, the Red Bull team principal, Christian Horner, uh, seems to be under investigation after a complaint was made against him. Now, Horner has uh, denied these accusations. Uh, an independent investigation is underway. Any chance we could get your thoughts first about this piece of news? Well, I mean, we don't know anything, do we, other than what we've been told I, I guess sort of indirectly, which is that Red Bull, the company that owns the racing team, uh, takes these allegations seriously. We don't know what the allegations are and that they're doing an internal investigation. So there's no point, I don't think, for me to sort of speculate. Um, one thing I think is interesting, though, is that Christian Horner, who, of course, has been running the Red Bull racing team, the primary team since 05, 2005, so a long time. I think it's actually the longest serving team principal in Formula One. Um, became essentially the head of both of the Red Bull-owned Formula One teams. The other is now called Racing Bulls. You'll remember it was called Alpha Tauri. Mm. Uh, towards the back end of last year, he was given control of both of those. Apparently, as I understand, at the request of the, the tie half of the ownership mm. of the Red Bull company. I suspect that was not entirely well received by some people, perhaps the Austrian side of the business. And as you know, the, the, the guy who started it, really, Dietrich Mateschitz, passed away back in uh, 2022. There's a new CEO. I understand there's not much love lost between him and Christian. So I suspect maybe politics is at play here. Yeah, certainly good. To, it will be interesting to see how this story develops. Just for the Red Bull fans listening in, Matthew, do you think this news, this investigation is going to hamper preparations for the 2024 season? Well, it's a distraction, isn't it? I mean, we're all sitting here refreshing our browsers or whatever it is that we do to try and understand more information. But I don't think it'll have any material effect on... Uh, I mean, we can hope, can't we? Because we want a more <laughs> competitive racing championship. I'm joking. Um, but no, I don't think it will. All right, uh, Matthew, let's uh, move on to the main event. Lewis Hamilton uh, joining Ferrari uh, from the year 2025, I believe. Uh, it was quite a breaking news story when it came out. Rausha and myself, we were talking over WhatsApp. Uh, where were you when that piece of news came out? And, and did it come as a surprise to you? Well, it did. I mean, it came as a surprise to everybody, including... Toto Wolf, the team principal, and if it was a surprise to him, then I think it's fair to say, uh, you know, I've got a pretty good excuse for it being a surprise to me. I mean, the day before, a friend, Italian friend, said pretty serious rumours now about Lewis joining Ferrari, and I said, "P.S. Never going to happen." So, you know, famous last words. <laughs> I'm actually quite famous for not knowing what's going on with these kind of seismic events, but um, no total surprise. The one thing, again, I did think sort of laterally here was that uh, now that we know it's happened, it all adds up, doesn't it? It all seems entirely logical. 
and I'm sure we'll get into that. But something about a week before, I was talking to Mark Hines, who had helped Lewis in his career from about 2001 uh, for 20 years and was himself a very successful racing driver in the junior categories. And he had rejoined Lewis's team after a three-year break. Um, and he just said to me to help him specifically on the racing side of things, not the commercial. And that made me think that Lewis is thinking very seriously about decisions and wants to have somebody with a you know very strong racing mind, somebody who he can trust, uh, only cares about the racing and not about commercial side of things. Mm. And uh, so when it all added up, it made sense. Now, Matthew, you talk about Toto's surprise there. We'll hear from Toto Wolf in a short while, but you are speaking to us from Italy. So what's the sense on the mm. ground in terms of people or journalists? What are they saying in terms of this move? I am in Italy, Rash, and it's entirely coincidental. I take no responsibility <laughs> for any of this. It's happened. I just happen to be skiing. Um, it is front page news here. And I mean front page not only of the sports pages, uh, sports papers that you'd expect, but also uh, of the, the general newspapers and magazines. It's, um, you know, it, this year, if Ferrari does not win the championship, will be the 16th consecutive season without a title, which for a, for a storied team like Ferrari is just terrible, isn't it, really? Mm. They'll break the record of 15. Mm. Um, so it's it's very important. Everybody's embracing it because obviously it it it, it is a signal of at least intent. Uh, so very positive news. Uh, Matthew, you mentioned earlier about Lewis wanting to partner people who know racing. I want to put that aside. I also want to put aside the mm. uh, potential amount of money that's involved here. I just want to talk about the brand Ferrari. Last week, Rasha and I speculated that it is that brand Ferrari and that potential of beating Michael Schumacher's World Championships, getting that eighth one in a Ferrari car. How big a lure is that? How big is that brand Ferrari that maybe we've all forgotten about? Well, it's an interesting point you're making about it. Well, first of all, just looking at the brand, if you look at social media, Lewis Hamilton has as many followers on Instagram as does the Ferrari team plus their two drivers. <laughs> In fact, he has more, slightly more. And on Twitter, about the same. That's quite something, isn't it? That Lewis Hamilton, the brand, is as powerful, if you like, as the Ferrari team and its two drivers. So that's one element. But I think you're right. I think what's attracted Lewis here probably is many, many things that have all added up together. And one of them might be, if I'm not going to win my eighth championship, mm. then at least I can have something very special, ah. which is to be one of the very few people that's driven in the red cars. Mm. And um, the two brands together have a multiplier effect. Um I think I think it's a bit more to do with human nature, actually. Okay. I think okay. you know, if we think about how you know people signal attraction to each other, you know, it's it, particularly sort of men to women. It's like, and I'm probably digging myself a, a hole here, but you know, first, it's you show that you have a plan, right? Yeah. You know, a young man shows his <laughs> potential, you know, mate that he has a plan about how he's going to provide for their future and protect them, and and that that the, 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 the other person, the, the girl in this scenario I'm painting, is the only one for that person's eyes. And I think that's what's been made clear to Lewis over the last years, actually, by the Ferrari leadership. And they've removed, if you like, all the obstacles that might have been in his mind, particularly last year. If we look at the results, you know, yes, Mercedes did finish second in the Constructors' Championship to Ferrari being third. Yes, Lewis did finish third in the Drivers' Championship to Charles Leclerc, the lead Ferrari driver. I shouldn't say that. One of the Ferrari drivers who finished fourth. But I think if you look at the last five races and Ferrari being on the pole three times out of five and really looking like they could have won a race a couple of times where Mercedes really didn't, I think Lewis is thinking, yeah, on a balance of probabilities, this is not a bad decision to make. And on that note, Matthew, will you be our godfather? 
<laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I don't know about Godfather. I just want a penny for Mrs. Marshall's thoughts at this point. Now, we've discussed what this move means to Ferrari, to Hamilton. But on the flip side, there is Mercedes, who, like Matthew alluded to earlier, were caught by surprise. Before we continue our conversation with Matthew Marsh, let's listen in to Toto Wolff, team principal of Mercedes, on how Lewis broke the news to him. He said to me that he has decided to race for Ferrari in 2025. How he framed it to me is perfectly understandable that he uh, needed a new challenge, um, that he was looking for for a different environment and that it was maybe the last possibility to do something else. Every race driver dreams about being in a red overall and in a, in a, in the red car. I never ignored the possibility of change. It means that our professional journey comes to an end, but it doesn't mean that our personal relationship um, ends. I found a, a friend. Uh, we've built a relationship over the last 10 years. I don't know if any other driver has ever been that long with a team. Uh, we've had tremendous success. We want to finish this on a high in terms of his career, but uh, I can promise you we will build another phase of s- success uh, more victories, more world championships in the years to come. And uh, and we'll be looking back at this very, very good time with Lewis and the Mercedes. So Toto claiming that he bears no grudges and despite their professional journey ending, they will remain personal friends. Matthew, do you buy it? I do think so. I mean, obviously at the moment, he's going to be a little bit sore because it has caught him somewhat unaware, you know, uh, I think this is Toto I'm speaking about. But in the overall scheme of things, they've had you know fantastic time together. 11 years so far, it will be 12. They've they've won seven, uh, seven world... Well, six, of course, Lewis has won world championships with Mercedes together um, and, and 82 wins together and mm-hmm. so on. So I think there's plenty of reasons to look back on it fondly. And it's not an entire surprise to Toto that Lewis would do this. And I think it's something that Toto would say, well, I would do the same thing. So... Um, no problem. I think it'd be absolutely fine. Let's not also forget that one of Toto Wolf's best friends, who uh, spent a lot of time living with Toto in the early days of his Formula One career, is Fred Vasseur, who's mm. the Ferrari team principal. Mm. So, you know, if there's anybody he's going to have a beef with, his friend. <laughs> he, hasn't, he won't have a beef with Fred either. So, no, it'll be totally fine. What about, you know, the likelihood of Lewis's team, uh, people close to Lewis Hamilton joining him in Ferrari? It tends to happen when you have these superstar names. They want to surround themselves with people they trust. Would Toto Wolff be scrambling to keep uh, Hamilton's personnel or be willing to start fresh? Yeah, it's a very good point, Elliot. I mean, you're absolutely right, isn't it? The, the, the star, in this case Lewis, or the sun, let's call it, wants to surround himself with the with the planets of of the people he knows and trusts and so on at the same time the best people in the sport want to be with the best driver Mm. and so that's there's already been you know fred vassar who i mentioned just now has already been hiring some excellent engineering people there tends to be a time lag because of in the employment contracts understandably teams have started to put in you know garden leave uh, clauses so that there's that somebody can't leave with particularly up-to-date technical knowledge. But nonetheless, Fred has been hiring good people. I think it's probably one of the reasons why Lewis has also been thinking hmm, some of the good people from Mercedes, the team people, have been going to Ferrari. Mm. So again, I'm not exactly, you know, there's, there's footsteps in which to follow. And uh, I think you're right, some other people will decide to go with him perhaps. So it's, it's, uh, it, it's like a tipping point for Mercedes. They're, they've had a couple of bad years and they've lost some good people because they had so many great years that's what tends to happen this could be a tipping point for them losing even more talent 
You talk about losing more talent. Yes, they're going to try and prevent departures. But Toto is also going to be on the lookout for an incoming driver to replace Lewis Hamilton. In your opinion, Matthew, who would be top of that list? Well, you can't replace somebody, can you, who's the greatest of all time in terms of the statistics, at least. He's got a 30% win rate. Um, so that's going to be tough. I, there's no obvious candidate, I don't think, at this point. It's very bad timing because the end of 2024, this year, we were seeing many drivers up for renewal of contract. And, you know, Lando Norris, to name one, Charles Leclerc, of course, as we know, Carlos Sainz. And, uh, and, and then there's 2026 is the new technical regulation. So I think for everybody, it would have been much more comfortable if Lewis had done 24 and 25, and then they could have looked at 2026, you know, with the new tech regulations. Um, to answer your question, I don't know. I think th- there's a young, there's a couple of young people, Frederick Vesti, who's a Formula 2 driver who's done some free practice sessions with Mercedes, but do they want to take somebody inexperienced? Uh, you know, somebody whose contract is up at the end of 24 is a man called Fernando Alonso. You might have heard of him. <laughs> you know, I think he would enjoy a couple of years at Mercedes at the tail end of his career and, and seems as fast as anybody else. There's just a lot of, you know, Carlos Sainz is the obvious one. I mean, the good news here is that if it isn't a direct swap, if Carlos Sainz doesn't go from Ferrari to Mercedes, then this change has, of course, it's fantastic in many, many ways. One of them is it's oxygenated the, the driver market because it's likely Ferrari... You know, sorry, Mercedes will take somebody in- interesting. You know, maybe they take Alex Albon from Williams, for example, and that means Williams needs another top gun. Yeah. Or maybe they take, you know, a, a young guy from Formula 2. Which is what I'd like to see them do, but I think it's, a, it's tough for them to do that. We are continuing our conversation about Lewis Hamilton joining Ferrari and the ripple effect that it'll cause. And helping us out, of course, is ex-racer as well as Formula One analyst Matthew Marsh is on the line with us. Matthew, I want to dive into uh, potentially the more marketing, sponsorship and money aspects. Uh, And my question really is surrounding Lewis Hamilton leaving, heading to Ferrari. If I'm in Mercedes, what am I thinking now? George Russell, is he ready to step up as the so-called number one racer and are sponsors ready to take that kind of a chance on him like they took on Lewis Hamilton? Well, that's a very good point, isn't it? I think George is absolutely ready. He's proven that he can win races um, and that's no problem at all. More difficult for the team to follow him because, and this is one of the great things about uh, Lewis going to Ferrari, isn't it? You know, if there's any debate at Ferrari about whether they should go, you know, north or south on a decision, they can look to the guy who's won seven world championships and um, and whatever the number of Grand Prix it is now, um, and say, well, he's he's telling us to go this direction, so let's follow the guy who knows how to do it. It's slightly different with with George. He's very fast, very capable, but doesn't have as much experience. So that's going to be tough, I think, for the for the Mercedes team more than for George. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, that one. We're, we're talking as if Lewis Hamilton is going to be racing for Ferrari in 2024. In fact, it's 2025 and there's a yeah, whole yeah. season in between. And Toto himself has spoken about giving Lewis this fa- uh, fond farewell, fitting farewell for a seven-time world champion. Is that realistic though, Matthew? Do you think Mercedes will be able to give him that fond farewell? Well, I think as fans of the sport, we hope so, mm. in a sense, which is that, as in, is it realistic? Whether it happens or not is another matter, because it then means that Mercedes is going to produce a car this year, which is capable of challenging the Red Bull, and thus we get, you know, we get a rematch of 2021. Plus, perhaps the Ferrari drivers also involved. That's what we all want, don't we? we? Want to see three or four teams competing for a win? You know, I think the general consensus is that at the moment is that the Red Bull concept was better than the Mercedes concept, even at the back end of last year, and mm-hmm. such. And so probably not realistic is the answer because 
we don't believe Mercedes is going to come up with a car that is going to be a Red Bull uh, equal, let alone a beta. All right, Matthew. Uh, and since Raushan did mention that this is a 2025 problem, uh, what do you see mm. for the year 2024, uh, uh, this so-called gap year? We saw Ferrari shares at a record high, lots of reports about that. Sponsors will be looking at this going, OK, so do I go to Ferrari? What will be the biggest draw You know, for, for more money to go into this Ferrari team, for more marketing to go into this Ferrari team, other than a certain Lewis Hamilton? <laughs> Well, I think they don't need it because they've already got they've already got the money, Ferrari. So that doesn't it's not really a factor here. You know, I think uh, again when when probably John Elkan, the chairman, um, was making the case internally for for getting Lewis on side. A, I suspect I don't think many people were against it because it's kind of obvious. But he might have been able to justify the cost. No doubt, it okay. is a, a large cost involved okay. by saying, look. All we need to do is win a world championship and, and we're going to sell a bunch more cars or just the value of the Ferrari brand. So I think it's pretty straightforward. Will it, 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 will it attract some more sponsors? Maybe, but the oh. Ferrari as a brand attracts them anyway. So right. I don't think it's a huge uplift. Okay. Matthew, just a quick follow-up. Lewis Hamilton will be 40 mm. in 2025. You've mentioned Fernando Alonso, mm-hmm. who clearly is, I dare say, still in it despite his age. Is age at all a worry in terms of racecraft and ability, or is that a debunked notion? It's less of an issue than I, th- than I think people thought it was. Uh, you know, we know, don't we? Just science tells us that as we get older, that we some things are going to slow down but then it gets balanced out i think by people like fernando alonso and lewis hamilton by the fact that they've become so excellent in the decision making and the ability so you know maybe the reactions might slow down ever so slightly but the uh, your ability to understand what's about to happen probably has increased mm. so the two offset each other so no i don't think it's a problem i mean he will be 40 before he first drives a ferrari but i don't think that's an issue at all for him the the whole Formula One sport has talked about trying to be more equal in terms of money that's being spent, lots of rules coming in to level the playing field, as they like to say. But with a guy like mm. Hamilton and, you know, some of the sources quoting the kind of salary that he's getting, Matthew, your opinion on, on what this does in terms of that equality, what this does in terms of budgets across the paddock? I don't think it has a material effect. As you know, we have a budget cap in Formula One of, I think it's now $135 million dollars give or take uh for the season but that only is certain elements of the running of the team and the driver salary and i think it's the two highest paid members of the team aren't included in that and there's various other factors also that aren't so you know the people with the most money are going to be in a better position to hire the top guns and that's something that people often talk about maybe we shouldn't allow uh you know the the budget cap to not include driver salary but then we wouldn't get the teams to agree on it probably so Mm. you know formula one has always been this way and it's been much much improved in the new era under the liberty media ownership it is much closer we're seeing a concertina effect across the grid because of the budget cap and the other initiatives but it's never going to be a, a, a totally level playing field now, speaking of paychecks, one man who will be desperately looking for his next paycheck in 2025 is Carlos Sainz. Do you think he has the reason or the right to feel aggrieved almost? Uh, somewhat, certainly, because, you know, he's he, is, he was of the two Ferrari drivers. He was the one to win a Grand Prix last year. He was the only person other than the two Red Bull drivers to win a Grand Prix last year. So pretty extraordinary. Uh, and he was always very strong in the races, perhaps a little bit. I mean, he is a little bit slower than Charles uh, over one lap, but Charles is extraordinary in that area. So he'll be, I, I think he 
probably is thinking, oh, this is a bit unfortunate. I was hoping to get through to the end of 25. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then let's see what happens in 26. You know, there's been rumors for some time, not really rumors, but speculation that Audi is coming into the sport yeah. with, you know, to taking over the Sauber team from the beginning of 26. And that the team principal there, Andreas Seidel, knows Carlos Sainz from their time together at McLaren. It's an obvious fit, blah, blah, blah. So it's, it's unfortunate for Carlos. What did he do in this one year? Let's, let's see. So I think he's feeling, he'll know it's nothing to do with him. It's not his fault. Um, but he will be feeling a little bit uncomfortable about what 2025 holds for him. All right, we've talked a lot about Lewis Hamilton and we've just discussed the ripple effect for Carlos Sainz. Uh, we've even mentioned how uh, Hamilton uh, will be reunited with Fred Vassar. Um, Matthew, mm. let's talk about the other guy, uh, Asun Charles Leclerc, <laughs> the, the homegrown guy. Um, do you see this move as potentially helpful to his development or is all the attention going to be on Lewis Hamilton and then, you know, Charles Leclerc's development gets a bit stalled? Yeah. I think the latter, isn't it? Because, <laughs> you know, it, it, you know, people say, oh, it's great for Charles to have a benchmark. Yeah, top <laughs> drivers don't need benchmarks. They know, they, uh, you know the benchmark is, they know. He knows when he's a little bit off the pace and yep, where, yep. where he's made a mistake. Yep. But he also knows now that it goes from being Charles Leclerc's Ferrari Formula One team, mm. which it has been, to being, um, but to being Lewis Hamilton's Ferrari Formula One team. So, um, it, you know, again, if, if Charles does, and so, certainly in year one, excuse me, in 2025, you'd expect Charles to have the slight upper hand over Lewis because he's been with the team, knows how it works, knows the slight, the sort of nature of the car. They're all slightly different in the way they operate. Um, But no, I don't think this is ideal for him at all. Um, I mean, the good news is that um, for Fred Vasseur, you know, Ferrari are quite good, quite famous about having scapegoats. They've had six team principals since 2008. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's always, it seems, a team principal is a fault. Obviously, it isn't, um, as my tone of voice suggests. But Fred <laughs> must have now a couple of years, good, lee- good, good, you know, good runway, having, uh, having Lewis Hamilton. Because Lewis, as we know, uh, won the Formula 3 Championship, the GP2 Championship. This is the sort of the lower categories, racing for Fred Vasseur. Mm-hmm. And so there's, there's a busted relationship there. So I think Lewis will, will want to have had some... Uh, sense that Fred's staying around. Well, no pressure on Fred Vasseur to try and deliver that. Matthew, you've spoken about Ferrari and what they can offer Lewis, what he brings to the team, but Ferrari themselves have had so many issues being competitive in recent times. So do you see Lewis actually clinching that elusive 8th World Drivers' Championship in Scarlet? be an amazing story if he did. It would, uh, <laughs> it would perhaps... Uh, I, th- I think I'd like to see it happen because... The end of 2021 was, you know, let's say, less than ideal in many ways, and it's a bit of a uh, a bruise on the reputation of of Formula One, isn't it? The way mm. it ended, uh, not because Max won, but because of the way it was managed. So, if Lewis does get his eighth, that I think that, uh, that equals that out. And if it's in a Ferrari, what a fantastic thing! And then maybe Lewis calls it a day as champion. Um, it's something to think about. That's obviously why everybody's so excited because it's not just him going to Ferrari. It's the thought of him going to Ferrari and not doing uh, or not having happened to him what happened to uh, Fernando Alonso and, uh, uh, and Sebastian Vettel, of course, who went there as champions, went mm. there to revive the fortunes of the team and neither of them were able to score a world championship victory with Ferrari. As always, it's been great getting your insight. We've been speaking with ex-racing driver and F1 analyst Matthew Marsh. Matthew, thank you so much for your time. Enjoy the rest of your holiday. It's been great to speak to you. Thanks for having me. Sports Minutes on Money FM 89.3.